let's get started. I'm Joe. And I'm Brian. And we are Where is the Rulebook? We're going to bring you a weekly board game walkthrough for your lunch break or daily commute. This season one of Where is the Rulebook? We'll be focusing on games to get you started in the world of board gaming or just any staple for a game night. We will be walking you through the rulebooks of some of the most loved board games known by all. In today's episode, we introduce a new game. We'll give you some general information about it. Then we'll talk about how you win, what it takes to set it up, actions each player can take per turn, and what causes the game to come to an end. We have laid out a few examples that you will see when playing the game, and we're gonna play those through with you. Then we'll get a little more personal, talk about our strategies, our opinions of the game, and if we recommend you guys picking this game up. For today's game, we are all bird enthusiasts, researchers, watchers, and collectors looking to bring the best birds to our habitats. Let's attract some birds, lay some eggs in today's game of Wingspan. On the box for Wingspan, the game will take about 40 to 70 minutes and can be played for one to five players. Board Game Geek says it's best with three. And this game can be classified as a collection, dice rolling, card drafting, and end of round or end of game scoring. Now, where is the rule book? And when you open the box, you're going to find our rule book, of course. You're also going to find an appendix, a dual-sided gold board, and the double-sided gold tiles you use for scoring, a bird tray, the player mats, a amazing dice tower bird feeder, and the scoring pads. You'll also find 170 unique bird cards. There are also going to be bonus cards, egg and food tokens, some custom wooden dice, eight action cubes, a color for each player, and a first player bird token. Let's get started by setting the board up. We're going to shuffle those 170 bird cards, making a, a bird deck, placing it in the bird tray that's provided, then placing three birds in that tray face up. Now we're going to gather the supplies, all the foods, the eggs, placing them in the containers that are provided and just placing them in the center of the table. And then stand up that bird feeder and you place those five wooden dice in the back of it to reveal the starting food. Take the goal board and then decide what level of competition you want to play with. One side is green and one side is blue. The blue is less competitive while the green is for a more competitive play. Next, you'll shuffle the eight goal tiles and place four of them face up on the side of the board for rounds one through four. And finally, you'll shuffle the bonus cards and place them in a deck in the middle of the supply. Now that the supply is all set up, let's talk about what each player gets. Each player will receive one of those player mats, the action cubes of their chosen color, two bonus cards from that bonus deck, and five bird cards from the bird deck. They also receive five food tokens, one of each type. The players get to decide how many birds they want to keep in their hand. Each bird you keep, you have to discard a food. So if you keep three birds, you have to discard three food back to the supply, leaving you with only two food tokens. Next, the players will look at the end of round scoring tiles, their bonus cards, the birds they might have in their hand, and then they get to choose one of those two bonus cards to discard, keeping the other one. You're going to put it under your board or off to the side. This is kept as a secret until the end of the game where we score it. And before we talk about what we're going to do each turn, let's take a look at some of the components. First, we're going to look at the player mat. The player mat is made up of four rows. These are going to be the four type of actions you can choose to take during your turn. It also has the three habitat types for each of your birds and where they're going to be able to be played. In each of those habitats, you're going to find columns, and those columns are where you're going to play the birds. Now let's look at a bird card for a few important things. The first would be the name of the bird. 
Below that, you'll find a gray box, which has a couple of symbols. These colored symbols dictate which habitat this bird can live in. And finally, below that, you will see a couple of icons for food, which is needed to play the bird. If you see a plus, it means you need to play both of the food. And if you have a five color wheel, it means it can be any food. And just below that box, you're gonna find a couple more symbols. A feather, indicating how many points the bird is worth at the end of the game. The nesting type, if it's a star, it is every nesting type. And a couple of egg symbols. This indicates how many eggs can be placed on the bird. And just below the picture of the bird, you can also find a line of text. This line of text may provide some bonuses when playing the bird or when activating the bird. And each of them are color coded with a brown or a pink color. And the last component we're gonna look at are the bonus cards. On the bonus card, it's gonna tell you exactly what it's looking for. It might give you a points per bird or maybe a range of bird that you get points from. Now let's talk about what you can actually do on your turn. The game is played over four rounds and each round use an action cube to take your turn. So round one would have eight turns. When taking an action, you place your cube on the leftmost exposed slot. Some of the options you have are you can play a bird from your hand, you can gain food, lay eggs, or draw cards. Now let's go over some of those in more detail. To play a bird from your hand, you have to place your action cue on the very top left where it says play a bird. You play the bird in the habitat that is required from your card. And sometimes you have to pay an egg depending on how far along the board it is as well, indicated at the top row. Once you play your bird, you have to discard from your supply the food that is required on the top left card. And sometimes when you play a bird, it'll note on the card when played. This action happens immediately and it only happens when you play that bird. And on your turn, you may choose to gain food. By doing this, again, you're gonna place your action cube in the leftmost column of the forest or the top row, gaining your food. And at any point during your turn or before you gain food, if all of the food tokens in the bird feeder are the same, you may choose to re-roll all five of the, of the food tokens. Once you're done taking the gain food action, you're gonna move your cube throughout the column, activating any birds that might have a when activated power on the card. Next is laying eggs. By placing an action cube in the grassland, you may place the number of eggs on any birds that you have in your habitat that can have eggs on them. After you lay an egg, you then move your action cube to the left, activating any birds that have the when activated words on the card. And the last thing you can choose to do during your turn is to draw more cards. And to do this, again, you're going to place that cube in the leftmost column available, drawing the cards it tells you to, and then activating any bird in that row by moving your cube across the mat. Some of the places you place your action cubes also have a special bonus. Some let you discard a card for an extra food, or a food for an egg, or an egg for additional card. You don't have to take this, but the option's there. And once our players have played their cubes, you prepare for the next round. First thing you do is you look at the end of round scoring. You're going to place one of those action cubes wherever you might fall in line on that scoring card. If players happen to tie, you place all the cubes on the highest number of points, leaving spaces for however many players are there, placing the next cube afterwards. And at the end of the game, you are going to add up all the places that are tied points, dividing them by the number of players and rounding down. You'll take the remaining cubes off your mat for the next round. 
that round will be one turn less than before. You'll discard the birds that are face up in the tray and place three new birds there. And you'll rotate the first player token to the next player. And a few things that we haven't talked about yet that you will run across. You can always trade two of any food in for another food. And also when we are activating your birds, some of the birds have predator or flocking traits. And those have a little bit different when activated. For a predator bird, this is going to have a skull and crossbones in the when activated. And this bird is going to cash food tokens or tuck cards under the bird for end of game scoring. Those food tokens that might cash cannot be used to play birds later. And you also have the flocking bird power, which is represented by a bird icon on the when activated. This lets you put a bird underneath it. And this counts for a point at the end of the game. And the game ends when you've played all four rounds. And after you've done that, you're going to score points for the feathers listed on each bird card, completed bonus card values, end of round goals you may have scored. You get additional points for eggs on bird cards, food tokens cashed on any bird card, or cards tucked under any bird card. It's at this point that you'll grab the scoring card and start scoring up your points. The player with the most points wins, and if there's a tie, the player with the most food tokens wins. And if there's still a tie, you share the victory. And to start the game, we will randomly decide who goes first, and that player gets the first player token. And again, this week, we've decided to not just play the first few turns. We are going to set up a few examples that you will most likely find when playing the game. The first thing we're going to talk about is playing an additional bird in a row. What that means for me is in my water habitat, I already have a bird, but I have a second bird in my hand that has a the ability to lay in the water habitat. So the first thing I need to do is make sure I have the food available to play this bird, which I do. It's a hay and a cherry. And I also need to make sure I have an egg because it's in the second column. Everything beyond the first column requires an additional cost. In this case, it's one egg. So I'll have to discard one egg off one of my birds, the cherry, the hay, and I can play this bird in that second column. And for one of my examples, I, I too am going to play a bird. However, my play bird is going to go up in the forest and it's my first one. So I don't have any additional cost to play, but it has a win played action on it. So as soon as I play this bird, I get to draw two cards from the bird deck. Now I'm lacking food. So I am going to take the option to put my action cube in the gain food from the bird feeder. This row allows me to put my cube in the farthest left spot, which is the second column. So I do have a bird up there. So I get one food from the supply. Uh, looks like there's two slugs in there. I don't want either. And because they are the same, I'm going to reroll all five dice. So I'll take that. Hey, put it, take it out of the bird feeder, take one from the supply, give it to me. And it does move across my board. And since I do have a bird up there, it does have a win activated feature. This one is a predator. So this one says roll all dice that are not in the bird feeder. So the one I just took, and if it's a rat, I get a rat food that's cashed on this for the end of the game. So I'll roll, uh, I got a fish. I don't get any bonus points for this, but it does happen. And then finally it goes to the end. And for the next sample turn, it's actually gonna be Joe's also, but I'm gonna talk about it for him. So on his next turn, he's laying an egg because he needs more eggs to play more birds. So he's gonna lay some eggs on some of his birds, but I have a once between turn action bird in my habitat. So when any other player decides to lay an egg, I get to do this action. And on this one, it says, 
I get to lay one egg on any of my birds with a bowl nest. So because Joe laid eggs, I'm gonna put one egg on another one of my birds in my thing. And those are just some very basic examples of actions that you're gonna see in every game. There are some actions I have noticed that are much stronger than others though. Which ones? We've played this a couple times together. There's one bird, and by one I mean one effect, and that effect is simply the tucking card because the tucking allows you to put a bird underneath and you get to draw a card. So this is good because you're constantly getting new birds and getting rid of ones in your hand that are not so good that you just don't want to play. And at the same time, those birds that you're putting under the card are just points. I don't know why, but I've noticed that almost all of them can be placed in the water. And it seems that if you just put them in the water, you're drawing birds and then tucking birds for free and just drawing more birds. And by the end, you just get like an extra 20 points for no reason. Yeah, and I think that one is probably the best one of those because the predator ones are harder to hit because the wingspan has to be a certain distance or you have to roll, like for your example, you have to roll the dice outside of the bird feeder. Like you said, if you can get one of those tucking a card from your hand in the draw bird cards, because that means you're always going to have a bird in your hand and you can just tuck it for a victory point. It is a pretty solid I think if you're new to this game, it's a really solid strat to play because it allows you to, to keep up. Because we played with our a good friend who played for the first time, and that's what he did. And he just he, he did really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are 170 birds, and that I don't know the number. Yeah. But I can't imagine it's on more than like 10% of them. If even. So it's, it's a hard thing to keep as a strategy because you might never see a tucking bird. I've played games I've never seen a predator the entire game. So other than that, is there any other, let's say, like any other strategy you take when playing this game? After a few games of playing it, I've realized it's a balance of keeping cards in your hand, keeping food in your supply to be able to play those birds. The first few times I played it, I was like, oh, playing birds, five victory points for playing it. That's my only thought. And I quickly was had no cards in my hand or the card I had in my hand was, you know, three food to play and I didn't have those food or didn't have eggs to play them or whatever the case might be. So it's a really close balancing act of being able to do all four actions almost at any point. I I agree. I know for myself, when we first played, I was like, oh, I just got to play birds. That's it. Just play them. But after playing a couple times, it's become a, like you said, a balance. You don't want to put all your... Pun intended. You don't want to put all of your <laughs> eggs in one basket. That's true. Like you don't want to have four birds in the food because when it comes to drawing cards, you're only drawing one, and then you're gonna have four food. Yeah. So I like to have. I like. Hopefully, within the first four birds I've played, I have one in each habitat because that gives you that bonus option. So if I desperately need food, I can discard a card from my hand and get a, a second food, or you know, all the other options for discarding. The game also does a very good job of balancing the points as far as like what's on the on the bird, because some of the smaller birds that have really good effects, like, oh, you can play another bird from your hand and pay the cost. That doesn't cost like the bird itself will be of zero feathers. Yeah. Like it doesn't give you or anything. it can't have any eggs on it or something yeah. like that. What are your thoughts on the end of round scoring? The end of round scoring in what way? I generally am always trying to meet the end of round scoring. Like yeah, I want, actually. <laughs> I want to get points whenever I can. Points how you win. Yeah. 
But after a few times of playing it again and like the most recently times I've played it, I realized I was focused so much on rounds one and round two that then I'm struggling in rounds three and four and rounds three and four are worth more points. If you win it, I try to do, you know, just enough to get some points in round one, but I really have to focus on all four so I can try to tie them together. Like, do I need eggs in bowls? Okay. But I also need eggs in the grassland. So let's try to make sure all my bowls are in the grassland. Yeah. So I can tie those and still in, be able to get end of round scoring in multiple. No, I, I completely agree. When I am playing, I look at it in a, a whole approach where I say, okay, I need this many things. It's not like it's not like if you don't get those points, you won't win. There was one game we were playing where I had almost no points. And I was like, oh my gosh, I like I, I can't win this. So all I did for like three turns was play eggs, and I could play four eggs because at the end of it. I ended up winning because every egg was a point. Yeah. And I, I just think got like 16 points. Knowing when to like throw the towel in on playing birds. And I've started thinking about that the most recently. I'm like, oh, I can play another bird here. Oh, it's only worth three points if I play it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use an egg. Why don't I just get four eggs that's worth four points and I get to keep my eggs? <laughs> yeah. When that bird's not going to help you. And I think we probably played the game four or five times. And I remember yeah, yeah. thinking like, do you ever draw more bonus cards? And then like the next game, we both got cards that draw more <laughs> bonus cards. So that's just like speaks to your strategy can't be based on birds on their actions because you might never see them. Bonus cards are awesome. If you can, if you can draw those throughout the game, like it just make them fun. Make extra them points fun. just for playing. Like half time, I don't even really look at them. I just draw whatever one has the most points and hope I get to it at the end. There is no one way. Like every time you play this game, I could go in and be like, all right, I'm just going to play eggs. And I probably won't do very well. But just being flexible to what you're given, uh, what your bonus card is, what birds you've drawn, I think that's the key. Yeah. Do you tend to keep the same number of birds in the beginning of the game? Depends what I get. Yeah. Have you ever kept more than three? No. <laughs> I like to play a bird first. Yeah. Like just get one on the board. Exactly. And I feel that if I get rid of two or if i get rid of four i'm not gonna have it or if i keep four sorry you only have one i got one food and it's very unlikely that i'll get to play anything yeah i I think i tend to try to keep two or three two i feel like is the best because i get to keep three food and i can then potentially play two birds let's talk about like the actual style because it's very interesting what they do the game itself like the board is nothing special in fact, I would make one change to the board if I could, and that was have four rows. <laughs> yeah, the play a bird action row, I just want it to be a little bit bigger. Yeah, stand out some way. Like it doesn't have to be maybe the same side because you're not playing a bird card. Make it bold. But like make it like half of it. Because I think when we're playing with new people, the placing a cube on the play bird action gets confusing because it gets once you have cards there, it gets hidden. Like you don't really see it very easily. Other than that, like the board itself is nice. I like that when yeah. you close it, it looks like a journal. Yeah, it's like, like your journal of your birds that you've like if you're seen. a bird watcher. <laughs> and then uh, the cards are all fantastic. And the illustrations for each bird, it's 170 unique birds. I didn't know there was that many birds. Like <laughs> apparently, there's more because we found out there's expansions. There's two expansions with even more birds that don't duplicate. 
I think one of the cool things about it is they do a good job theming it with like, oh, this is an owl. Owl nests in a hole in the tree, you know. But then every bird has a wingspan, which tells you how big the yeah. bird is. And then there's a little factoid in the bottom. Like, for instance, I'm just holding the owl right now, and it says, these owls live near humans, but because they're small and nocturnal, they're rarely seen. It's small, but it's yeah. cute. Yeah. And it tells you, like, what A little flavor there. text. Yeah. It's cool where they have a map of where you can see the birds, so, like, North America or... That's the impressive part is the birds. The bird cards themselves, I can't believe how many unique ones there are. The effects duplicate. Yeah. But the, bird, like the birds themselves don't. I wonder... I haven't done any research into this, <laughs> but like you were saying, they theme it well with like the, what kind of nesting types we would imagine uh, that bird would have. Again, n- neither one of us are bird experts. I wonder how accurate that is. Like this bird I have in front of me can have five eggs and nest in trees. Like actually do those two things. Does it happen to lay five eggs at a time or like is that I wonder where that comes into and like how much thought go- went into that? Given that they even put the name in the bird in Latin, I'm going to assume that <laughs> it might be pretty accurate. Yeah. Or they might do their best to balance it, too. I think one of your favorite pieces is the tower. The tower is so cool. It's so unneeded. <laughs> it's, but they made it big enough that it stands out. It's small enough that it fits in the box still, so you don't have to carry it separate like a dice tray or something would. Just a really cool touch. But I think... For the price point of this game, I think it made sense. It's a $60 game for standard pricing. And you for 60 bucks, you want something more from that. So it's like That's a really nice touch for it. Like you said, the cards are nice. The boards are nice. No complaints there. The tokens are nice. The, the wooden dice are really cool. The eggs, which are wooden eggs. It's weird that they're different colors <laughs> when they don't matter. Yeah. And it's also weird, I guess, that the two expansions that are currently out come out with a new egg color, but those egg colors do matter. <laughs> so it's like they realized after the words, like, oh, yeah, we put 10 egg colors and none of them matter. Let's put two more that do count. You know what I like about the expansions? They're not needed. This no. game by itself is fantastic. But it's so fantastic that I instantly wanted the expansions. I don't need the expansions. I don't need more birds. There's 170 <laughs> of them. I haven't even seen any of them it twice. It adds new food too, doesn't it? Yeah, they both, I believe, add new food. And one of them even adds a new board. I believe oh. it's the Oceana one. You get a whole new play mat. So you said MSRP for this was $60. On sale, lowest ever seen was 50 Yeah. I've never seen it on sale. It's on, yeah, I've seen it on sale online, I think, but I've never seen it on sale in a store. No, and I think I don't even see it in stores anymore. It's sold out pretty much everywhere you go. Yeah, isn't that weird? Where <laughs> for a time it was everywhere, and I hate myself. I think you're in the same boat where we waited on Wingspan forever. Oh, yeah. I slept on this game for way too long. And then I think you, you bought the, you, you bit the bullet, and uh, I got it for my birthday for my wife. So I didn't even buy it. And even <laughs> when I opened it, I was like, I've heard really good things about this. Like, I knew we were going to talk about it in our podcast eventually just because of how popular it's gotten. But I wasn't super excited to play it. Then we, now I only want to play it. Yeah, we played it together. It's instantly made its way up to one of my top favorite, ten, top 10 games. I, I think it's top five for me. Oof. It's so good. And, I've played it one player. Have you played one player mode yet? I know you know you just recently I, picked it up. I just recently bought it for myself. Yeah. That was I was uh banking off you. <laughs> <laughs> the one player mode 
is awesome. It You do the exact same thing, but you're not playing two players. You just play your one thing. You do every action is the exact same, same number of actions. And you play against, you know, the one player mode. And that player, you just draw cards. You flip cards for them. And based on what round it does, it tells you what to do. And so, like, they might get bonus points for eggs. They might add eggs if they have a bird that is has a name in it or, like, a person's name in it. Just so well done. And it was fun the entire time. And it beat me. <laughs> I played on the normal level. And there's, like, a, even a harder. And there's an easier, I believe. It beat me on that. So I didn't even, like, win against the computer. It was just so good. Those different cards that you bring into it. There's a scoring tile that comes into it. It was, it was well done. Speaking of the box, or going back to it, I should say, I like that it has trays, has a game, has a little game trays. They all, hey, I had baggies for everything. Yeah, and more baggies than you needed, I believe. I remember at the end, I think I had like three bags left over, and I was yeah. like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> I wish there was some storage in the box other mm. than just the bags. And I mean, I guess the dice go in the in the tray, and the cards go in the tray. But I would like they actually have like again, we talk about third market, like third parties. They have box organizers now for this nice game, too. and they look really nice. And like we've seen some that are great, obviously with like Small World. We've seen some that are just fine with like Machi Koro. It's just a fine box. You didn't need anything more. I would I would have liked a little bit more in the box, but I'm not mad about it. No, I don't think I have anything to complain. Everything about the game is just solid. I did have one complaint. Would be the board, right? With that play a bird a row. But other than that, the scoring, the playing a turn, the way the actions, you take an action away for the goal, everything is just so fluid and nothing feels like, oh, I have to do this or I lose. I like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can do, there's so many different ways that you can attempt to win the game. And I think it's just, it makes it really fun. And I think my biggest complaint is that I waited on it for so long. <laughs> Like I just I, I kind of thought it wasn't going to be a game for for me. Like I'm not super into birds in general. Like, do I want a board game about birds? Like I didn't. I just wish I would have picked it up when it first came out. But this game's still, yeah, still two, very highly rated. Two years in, almost three years in, I think. Yeah. And it's like over eight on the Board Game Geeks uh, scoring. Ranked twenties. Like it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it ranked in the twenties, I believe. I a uh, score of eight out of ten. Yeah. Or sorry. Or, eight point something i believe but yeah it's such it's good and it's been so much fun it's been a blast i would highly recommend it yeah i think we've hinted at that for both of us <laughs> i think i hinted at it last week when i said we're playing it coming up soon it's just like the hardest part is just getting your hands on a copy which is weird because i've seen it either so i've seen it either sold out or there's like 20 copies. Yeah, we were just traveling for work and we went to some board game stores and like at least 20 of them in the store. We're it, like, you're it, like, I really want it, but I can't <laughs> fly home with that box because I didn't bring a carry-on. I only have my carry-on bag. They had so many, they were putting it by other games because they had no <laughs> room. And I'm like, how do they have so many? So this is one of the first, and I've heard this online. I've seen a lot of videos of people who are maybe loyal to a company. I, I don't tend to be that way, but as soon as I played this, it's a Stonemaier game. As soon as I played it, I instantly started searching all the other games that they've made because I just like wanted anything that they've done. I don't know if they're all just as good, 
but I just want all of them <laughs> because this one is so good. I'm not familiar with them. Are there any like we would know? Yeah, so Scythe is one of their games, and it's also top 10 in Board Game Geeks, I believe. Wow, this company is... And it's been out for... That's been out for a long time. And another yeah. one I just have slept on. I did... So I looked at that one first, and I like instantly wanted that. And I then I started researching if they had the one-player mode, because that's what really... Like, the game was fun. I really liked it. And then when I played it one-player mode, that's when it like instantly jumped into like the top five for me. It was just as fun without anyone around. And so I was like searching their games, like what other games can I buy from them? Do they have one player modes also? I understand maybe a little bit why people tend to look at a company first. And I, I guess I probably have always done it in the past. Like when I see Blue Orange out there, like I know that they're going to be a solid family yeah. party game night starter type of game. I just assume it because of the of the name, but I've never yeah. really like looked at a company just to purchase one of their games because of another one i usually do that with like yellow yeah just because i like most of their games they all have the same art so i get it that blows my mind i was wondering why out of nowhere like two weeks ago you were like trying to reach out to the game store uh, ordering scythe <laughs> and i was like that's random yeah like, it's been out never... for, it's been out for years why do you want it now I was like well, that's weird. and now i know like you yeah. just wanted it because yeah based on it being a stonemeyer game I would like to try it. Yeah. And they have a bunch of other ones I've never heard of, a few that I had heard of, but that was the other one that's, you know, ranked really high. So that was quickly the first one that I wanted to pick up after this one. The other thing that's nice about it is there's nothing similar. I can't think of anything, and maybe it's just the birds, <laughs> but I really can't think of any game that's got the same kind of mechanics. Yeah, I think it... Obviously, set collection, end of round scoring, all those things are in many games. Yeah, I just have done it in a way that you don't feel competitive. You don't feel as another game you're playing. You don't. It's actually probably one of the first games I haven't said. Oh, this is something that Catan's done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Catan's is the Simpsons of board games. Like <laughs> everything's compared to it because everyone knows about it. But yeah, this game is very different. Whether you're young or old, I think this is a really, really solid game. Especially for the upcoming holidays. Buy as a gift. <laughs> yeah. I think any anyone that doesn't have it will be excited to have it. I hope you enjoyed this game walkthrough. And for us, it's a fairly new game that both of us have picked up. It's not going to be stored on our board game shelf anytime soon. If for some reason it's on yours, grab it again. Try the one-player mode. Try it with the family. I think you'll find just as much joy as we do. Upcoming episodes, we're going to be opening the rule book on a few more staples like Sheriff of Nottingham and Tiny Epic Galaxies. Check back every Wednesday for new episodes. You can find our page on Instagram at whereistherulebook or email us at whereistherulebook at gmail.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating on your podcast app today. This season is sponsored by TC Paintball, local to Traverse City, Michigan. TC Paintball is a paintball, airsoft, tabletop, card, and board game store that excels at bringing in the community to enjoy all of our hobbies. But all of these games are either owned by one or both of us and are not paid sponsorships. Also, to all of our listeners, you can receive 10% off all board games and 15% off the featured board game each month just by mentioning Where is the Rulebook? And a huge thank you to John Ransom for making our theme song and the music you listen to while we're playing the game. And if you love that song as much as we do, check out Jack Pine for more music with John.
Thanks for playing.